want all this money Don't want to take the same step where I take last year We don't work for me, oh Lord, I saw the grind of the hustle Bless me with this money Man on your hand that day I say make you run out for me, oh. If we don't make money, wait till we get, oh. Wait till we get If we don't buy the best, wait till we get, oh. Wait till we get Hey guys, it's your favorite podcast, The Millionaire Psycho, and it's good to have you all back. Trust you guys are doing well. So, basically, it has been a rough <laughs> couple of weeks for some of us, but I trust some of you are doing really good. So, Faith, what's up? How are you? I'm good, though. I'm doing great. Uh, just like you said, a rough week in general. The rain. Is making Lagos Road to just, they're not going to try to be nice at all. So the traffic situation is very terrible. And the light situation is just as terrible as the traffic situation. And just a number of things in between. But in all, we're here for the Millennial Circle. And we're going to be having lots of fun today. And uh, we have a very important guest in the studio. Hey, guys. <laughs> I think I did the introduction. And we get everything started. So guys, we what have happened, Daddy? What happened? What happened? Why are you laughing so? Why are you laughing like that? <laughs> no, no. Now I want to give someone that is very popular now. So I have to. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm really excited myself. <laughs> so on our podcast okay, today, no we have um, Edna. Let me just keep it simple. She will tell us her full name, but I don't know how to pronounce her full name. <laughs> tell us Edna. We have Edna here. And she's a popular Twitter financial advisor or advice solution. She's a boss. Yeah, and also very popular on LinkedIn too. People with that turn up numbers on LinkedIn. You know when people put testimonies on LinkedIn and you're not sure if these are true. Our testimonies are always true and always posting pink pictures from UK. So guys, welcome Edna to the podcast. Hi, Edna. Hi. I, I find it hilarious. Like you think I'm some I don't know popular whatever. If anything, I'll say I'm like an upcoming artist or something <laughs> of that nature. But yeah, thank you. It's so, nice to be here, and it's nice to I don't know get to talk. That'll be fun. <laughs> something you do well apart from sleeping, watching movies. And it's KFC chicken, but it's good to have you here. <laughs> so, guys, well, I've not eaten KFC chicken in a while, but if you want to buy for me, I do not mind. Thank you. Yeah, you don't any in the in pounds. You don't any in pounds. Okay. <laughs> so, guys, um, on today's episode, just like the name implies, like you're going to be talking about finance, and you know how important your financial life is to every other aspect of your life. So yeah. we're going to talk about finance. And for young people, it's something that really affects us because if we become very, very imbalanced with our finance at a very young age, it becomes very difficult to actually track back and do well. So we're going to bring in, yeah. um, we have Edna here, who is someone that is an expert in financial analysis and advice, because I make sure I read that thread and our <laughs> post every Monday, because we say yeah, very yeah. important. So I read a post. Who do we don't have money yet? We are dreaming and we are hoping that my dreams will come true. So it's only the dreams are there, just money that remains. So as I was saying, okay, Jerry, no problem. guys, 
that's why we brought in Edna here, and we know how important it is to talk about finance. And just before we talk about it, earlier on in episode two, we talked about our career with Unzube. Episode three, we talked about love, and Faith <laughs> shared the heartbreak stories. <laughs> but now in episode four, I didn't share. About... It wasn't a heartbreak story. It wasn't a heartbreak story. Let's let's not fight. I think let's not fight on this podcast. <laughs> so in episode four, now we are talking about finance, basically. So, um, my first question to Edna, before we like move into the O finance thing what um caught your interest in finance like what made you really interested in finance and the numbers game okay so i think before finance for me it has always been math so i've always loved math since like primary school i've loved math so let me see Way way back, like from primary school, I've been excellent. I've been very very good at math, and I just loved it. I had this running joke in my mind, or that I used to tell people that if math was a person, I would marry it. That's sort of thing. Like I really 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 like math. So as time went on, obviously there is, okay, not obviously, but you can't tell your Nigerian parents that you want to go to university to read mathematics. They are going to look at you like, okay, where did this one come from, and where is this one going to? So I had to figure out a way, like when you get to SS1 and then you had to start picking subjects for YEC and then university, all those sort of things. So I had to start thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I knew that what I wanted to do had to be linked to math and it had to be something that would be reasonable that I could sell to my friends that, oh, this is what, this is my career path. So at that point, I just had to start thinking, okay, like what else am I good at? What can I link to math that is also good? And then I realized, Oh, I'm also good at bookkeeping. Like, I didn't really think of it like that because I don't know, in secondary school, I don't know if your school was like this, but bookkeeping was not a separate subject. So it was part of business studies. Yeah, so yeah, in yeah. business yeah. studies, you have like five subjects there. So you have office practice, I commerce, feel that bookkeeping. Bad. I did not know that. I'm not surprised. All of those was never balanced. No, me, I was not even, I was not even good at um, business studies. That's not even, I was not good at business studies as a whole, but bookkeeping. Like I was always getting hundred percent in bookkeeping as a part mm-hmm. of it, but like when you call, when you add the other things, the average you go to like seventy and all. Mm, seventy is the so, A yeah. in school. So, but me, I was I was not yeah, good. Yeah, but like, sheet was but, never balanced. Good trial balance. <laughs> nothing was. No, balanced. but in, in bookkeeping, were you doing balance sheet? Balance sheet is like accounting stuff, right? No, yeah, we did a lot of bookkeeping. Bookkeeping was like we did this um, ledger and petty cash. Yes, bookkeeping was ledger, petty cash. All those things, yeah, anything that involved people in accounting, anything that just involved people in accounting or whatever <laughs> business study, I was failing it. That it was at that point I knew that no, engineering was just where I needed to go. To. Accounting, no, but but it's good. Yeah, but I can't try this. So um, Adam, yeah, moving, so moving on, no, when you do, yeah, Karen, when you go to when when you studied in um Commonwealth University, what was the drive for you that made you see accounting as something that was up there because for many people they're either oh i want to do medicine i want to do law i want to do engineering i want to do uh, a very very like renowned course renowned course and not english like faith studied what was the drive for you what was the drive for you 
yeah again like this goes back to secondary school so when i discovered that oh bookkeeping was something i was good at i then went a step further to say okay let's do so this is how we started i did not immediately say accounting i said i wanted to do banking and finance or just banking really and then my mom was like because my mom she studied accounting and she was an accountant all of that situation so she was like oh banking is pretty limited if you study accounting you can be a banker you can work anywhere like so the banking you want to do you can still do it in accounting so i was like okay 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 that makes sense and then that's where accounting started from so i did that from secondary school and then i went to covenant to do accounting and that accounting story says in covenant the lucky were not even going to accept me to do accounting they were lucky telling me that ah they will push me to banking but Thank God that Messi said no. So when I put me in the accounting, I was supposed to be. Glory let's, to talk about, let's talk about having good grades. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Honestly, um, I mean, if you follow Edna on her WhatsApp or you follow her closely, you will not... I follow her on Twitter. I'm a fan. Okay. You will not expect... Uh, you're not on Twitter. Everybody are very serious on Twitter sometimes. Like, who is serious on Twitter? Nobody is serious on Twitter. It's just you are doing things. Follow, follow it now. What's up stories? And you sometimes you'll be like, how come this girl have a 4.93 in coming investing? Because out of the five days in the week for lectures, four days she's lamenting about the school. She's lamenting about something <laughs> going on in school. Like, no, no, no. Seven days a week, I was lamenting every single day. Don't, don't downplay it. I was lamenting every single day about how horrible the food was. Like, yes. With Edna, it's like you are following a sitcom. Like, she's not person that she posts on her story. Like, I must always view it because there's something always interesting or something funny. I was like, so at the point, I knew that, oh, obviously, she was a debater. And that's where we met and she's someone pretty smart so at that point i was like oh then this girl is really gonna be good then i heard about her grades but i didn't hear the exact figure then when she graduated i had a 4.93 third best graduation in her set best graduation in her faculty in her department i was like yo if anybody is saying you want to be like edna the person will actually miss it because you can't do the same she does because she's always talking about series always talking about how did you find time to balance up every other thing and still have a good grade? I think it comes down to the way I understand stuff, right? So when, when people think of people that um, graduate with first class, the stereotype is, oh, they're always in the library. They're always reading. They're always doing it. But I, I don't find that very, very true in my life. I think if I read as much as people think I did, I would be very, very unhappy with myself. I'll probably be doing a lot better than I currently am doing, but I'll be very unhappy with myself. So me, I just really understand myself and I know what works. I know that I do not need to read every single day of the semester. I know that I don't need that. So I just need to understand. And <laughs> no, me, I just need to understand the basics. And if I can understand the basic underlying thing, I can just make it make sense. I can build, just give me the raw materials and explain how you do it. And then I can just build castles out of it. So that's really me. Once I understand the basic, I can build from there up. And then debate also helped shape my thinking, helped me like get analysis for things. So in accounting, you, you don't really do 
ACC, like accounting courses mainly. There are other courses that you also do that like that need you to analyze things to evaluate situations. So in those sort of situations, you just need to be smart and be able to analyze what is happening there. And debate helped improve my analysis and thinking in that way. So as long as I can get the basic idea, the gist of the matter, I can just make a story and then hopefully it makes sense. So yeah, most of my schooling was like 50%. I knew the basics, 50% vibes and inshallah. <laughs> hey, okay, so I hope your Fitt, lecturers hear this, Sha. Before Fitz asked the first ah, question. Were they not the ones marking my script? They saw the vibes and inshallah. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the vibes made sense. So they were able to give me this course. So, um, before Fit asked the first question on investment and savings for young people, and how, how you attack that subject. So if someone was to ask you, before you answer that question about that, Fitz is going to ask that. Um, so now you're doing your master's, or you're almost done with your master. Um, oh, I'm done. You're done with your master's, wow. So wow, go, uh, yeah. congratulations. Wow. Thank so, you. Apart from doing your master's, um, you're having your master's at a young age from a top UK school, which is something that is really nice. I think it's always... Something I admire about um, scholars in some scholars in law and finance is how they are able to add a lot of um, professional experience to their um, good grades. So, for instance, some of them have either interned in top firms or have gone on various fellowships, like professional fellowships based on their course and the like. So, for you, what was um, what was that one thing you did professionally aside from before you went for your master's that, was, that stood out for you and that drew your interest that, that drove your interest in, in finance? Okay. Um, it was an internship I had with um, the African Export Import Bank in Egypt. So how I got this internship, it was in 311. At the time when I was applying, I did not know that was where I was going to, but I knew I was going to work with a finance institution. So the name of the program I applied for was Development Finance Internship Program. So when we applied, they told us that, oh, we're going to work in DFI. That's what Development Finance Institution is acronym at DFI. So they told us we're going to work in firms like the World Bank, um, IFC, those sort of things. So they told us we're going to work in those kind of places. And then me, I just applied, did interview, and then I got invited for the training. After the training, they assigned us to firms. And this was in 300 level, like going to 400 level. So that's summer time. So yeah, during that time, after the training, I was assigned to the bank that I told you about, African Export Import Bank. Acronym Afrexin. So when I was assigned to Afrexin in that break time, I immediately had to go back to school so they were not able to like immediately tell me, oh, you can now go to Egypt because I was I had to be in school and school was not going to allow me to go and do three months somewhere else then come back to school. They were like, if you want to do that one, you have to, what was the word they used? You have to defer your admission. Yes, that was the word. So they were like, if I have to go and do that, that three month internship, that means I won't do that entire year. I'll move it to the next year. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm waiting for a year, please guys. We, we can't, it's Covenant University, we can't extend the stay because we all know yeah. what happens as time passes in Covenant University. Things do not get easier for people. 
school. So yeah, so I was like, you know what I was saying in school? If the internship goes, <laughs> we'll just thank God. So anyways, after I finished school, luckily for me, they were, the bank was willing to allow me finish school then come after. So immediately I finished. Like the next week or the next two weeks, I just got on a flight and then I was in Egypt. Then I did the three months. Missed my graduation, but I did the internship and came back. And then wow. went for master's. So yeah, last year was interesting. So how was master's for you? Challenging? Okay. How was master's? Uh, it was interesting. I learned a lot of things in this one year. Most of it were not even from being in class or reading books. It was just the exposure here. So like having access to unlimited Wi-Fi to surf the net, and then the projects that they give us to write. So we had to write a ton of projects, which is which they call coursework here. So we had to do a lot of coursework. So in the course of researching for it and everything, I learned a ton of stuff. And then there were other programs like this as well. So yeah. that was fun too. And yeah. interesting. Go go with do fit on to fit to go for master. Because legal stuff is not everything I like. So, <laughs> at all, at all, please. I'm working remotely. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk about. Anyway, okay, I think please. I can ask my question now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so first of all, uh, let me just. I said I follow you on Twitter, and I love uh, the kind of content you put out on Twitter in terms of finance because. Normally, I am not one to like anything related to finance. But once you, once you start speaking all those plenty, plenty in finance English, I just log up. But when I come across your, your thread, it's always easy to understand, straight to the point. It's, it's just relatable and helping me not to ruin my non-existent financial life. Anyway, so my first question would be um, in line with the topic we have, investment options for young people. So... Now, we've seen a lot of people talk about, oh, you can't just depend on your salary. You need to invest. You need to invest. Uh, and so many persons say invest in Forex, invest in funny-sounding things. So what kind of investment options should young people prioritize at this point in time? Okay. Thank you, first of all, for going through my threads and enjoying them. I really appreciate when people tell me that. But to your question... Uh, I think it I think it depends on the person, right? So the most important thing I always say in my thread is that there is no single ideal investment for anybody to do. The first thing you need to do is to understand what you are investing in. So there are people that understand how stocks work and those people they can invest in stocks. There are people that they understand how cryptocurrencies work. Those people they can invest in cryptocurrencies and make money. There are other people that understand how um, real estate and all of those things work, and then they can invest it. There is no single answer for everybody to just say, oh, go and do this. It's down to you to say, okay, yeah. what do I know? What do I understand? Which one makes sense to me? Which risk am I comfortable taking? How long am I willing to invest before I start doing it? So there is no one answer for everybody. It has to come. There are a few questions you have to ask yourself. And then there's a lot of learning you need to do to decide what you should be doing. Mm. Yeah. That's okay. That's... 
I, I have more questions. I don't know if Adepe wants to take his question now. I can just continue and be let writing down as I'm, as I'm getting the answers I want. <laughs> okay, let me, let me ask you a very direct question. See here. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that comes with um, the young age is this, especially with millennials themselves, is the um, urge to make money. Well, we're not millennials, though. we're Gen Z. Okay. Millennials are people that... <laughs> Okay, that, like, let's say, let's say young people. Almost 30 now. Yeah, young, young people. So one thing that comes with that age is that view to make money, right? Everybody uh, mm -hmm. wants money. Everybody wants to drive the fastest car. Everybody wants to... Uh, not even about building sustainable wealth, but something that comes instantly, like that instant um, joy that comes Gratification. And basically, for most young people, it's not just about owning the money for themselves. It's all about sure, okay, I have the money, and my friends can say I have the money, I can be able to buy whatever yeah. I can, for myself or for my friends when we go out, and just that sure. So, for you, how do you um, advise people to handle that pressure of wanting to make money? Because it comes with its problems and it comes with luck too. Some uh, people might be lucky and they would like it's their next one million in one month. But how do you advise young people to build like sustainable wealth? Because it's not something easy. Yeah, I, I I use myself as an example in that instance, and I tweet about this a lot. So I think the most important thing young people need to do is to slow down. Like we are just in a hurry, but the truth is we have our entire lives ahead of us. Like you are just saying, oh, this is my twenties. Let me enjoy now. But the truth is. As long as you don't intend on dying anytime soon, you have, at the very least, if you are living in Nigeria, where life expectancy is quite low, at the very least, you have 30 years ahead of you. So if you are living somewhere else, you have like 50, 60 years ahead of you. So, like, there's yeah. still time. There is no rush. I, I try to remind people because in our heads, we're always looking right now, tomorrow, right now, right now. But I try to remind people that I see, there is no rush. The money you want to make, you will see it. And I think also, in addition to what you've said, social media also plays a huge role in this. Because when you see young people like you abroad, when they're like, oh, I'm 19 years old and I started a boutique. I'm 20 years old and I bought a Tesla. I'm 21 and I bought a G-Wagon. When you see all those things, you're like, ah, see my mates. This is a, like, <laughs> realize that those people are the exceptions to the rule. Like, they are not the rule at all. They are not what yeah. is ideal. They are not what you would see for most people. Those people are very, very, like, out of the thing. They are like the 0.0001%. Just re relax eh, and look at yourself and realize that you have an entire life ahead of you. And that's something I always do myself, like, when I think of a lot of things. Anytime when I start to want to pressure myself and whatever, I just react. Remind myself that guy, relax. <laughs> there is a lot of time, and more than that, you need to look at your own self. So don't be looking at oh, what XYZ person is doing. All our journeys are very different, and everybody yeah. has to find their own way and drive to a particular destination. I know the destination is we all want to be well being, we all want to be this, but the truth is. The destination is the same, but the route down there is very different for everybody. So figure out your own route, 
and stick to your own route and be walking there. Even if it looks far, you will get there someday. Just stay the course. And that's it for me. Okay, very important because I don't know. Many times, I think, uh, like you said, social media is really contributing to the pressure that young people feel right now because you come online and then you just see a 17-year-old who seems to have his or her life figured out and you're wondering, how old am I again? Like, what was right. I doing when I was 17? Where am I heading to in this life? And you just start asking yourself so many questions. So it's also important that we remind ourselves that you have time on your side. Yes, time, yep. time waits for no one and all of that. But if you're 20, 21, just try to calm down and figure out what you want for yourself. Because that is why many people make wrong decisions because they just want to be moving. And you see a lot of gains, but no speed. Like they're just heading towards the wrong direction. So that's also very important. Uh, yeah, to my I next add question, to that it's as well. really direct. Yes, yes, please. Yeah, yeah. Beyond the fact that oh, we are young people, even if you are older, like you're in your thirties or forties, like there's still no rush for you as well. Remember that people like them, Bill Gates, them Warren Buffett, they did not become billionaires till they were in their fifties, till they were in their sixties. So yeah. <laughs> no matter what age you are in, you still have time on your side. Like I don't know if you know this woman on Twitter, Tabitha Brown. Like when did she hit made up popularity in this pandemic? And yeah, she's yeah. well in her forties, right? So yeah. you can be a late bloomer too. So you don't have to do it in your twenties. You don't have to say, "Oh, well, I'm in my twenties, I have time," or "I'm in my thirties, I don't have time." We all have time. Like time will only run out when you die. So as long as you are alive, there is still time for you to build sustainable things. So there is time. Don't tell like, yourself that there is people like that they are uh, like expectancy is like 50 years. Yes, <laughs> 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 but I think you are also here. We are together. I hope you, uh, you, go, go I hope you remember. Go for me. No argument. Okay, um, so my next question. Um, how much should you have before you invest as a young person? So we see that maybe sometimes people are earning really and the pay rates in Nigeria is very, is very terrible. So you're a young graduate, you come out, you get one 45,000 job and you're living in Maltu and you want to invest. Is that, is that the kind of salary you should be making an investment with? Or do you need to wait until you have more income before you start to invest? No, but we don't talk invest. Yeah, I think that one, it deals with a lot of context, right? So you need to figure out your finances first, like be able to plan, like the people I work with or the people I talk with about their finances, the first thing I advise them to do is to track what they are spending their money on. So whether you're earning 45k or you're earning 450k, track what you're earning, what you're spending your money on and see where your money is going. So if most of your money is going to transportation or most of your money is going to housing, how can you cut back? How can you like minimize the spending? Or how can you maximize your money? So that's all thing. When you figure out what you are spending money on, if you see that there is something left behind or there's some way you can cut money out of to get some money to invest, you can start investing. There are some places that allow you to save as low as 10, as 100 naira. And then you can start saving and having your money generate interest. Not saving in a bank because yeah. most Nigerian banks 
most banks everywhere to be honest they don't offer good returns so like saving on platforms like piggyvest carrywise petisave all those sort of places yeah secure places so not all these funny places like penny wise or whatever don't put your money yeah mm. <laughs> so like don't put your money where it's again mm. exactly so you can start saving your 100 naira or whatever and then putting two and two together while you're also working and trying to improve your earning then from there you cannot start investing the moment your money gets to the point where you can invest it so if you save save 100 200 naira over a while you can build up to 5k and then you make your first investment before you know you invest more and more and more then one block becomes two two blocks become four and before you know you are growing something sustainable and even as you are trying to earn more you are also investing so i think there is no single amount that i'll tell you that oh this is the amount that you need to be earning to be able to invest it depends on you and what you are spending and how much you can see to set aside and that one i'll have to talk to people one-on-one to figure that out so yeah that's it so before you go okay do you offer that that's important do you offer like on this do you offer like one-on-one mentoring on finance like i I don't think yeah i think a lot of people reach out to me and they're like oh can you be my mentor oh can you be my friend all those things i'm like i'm very open to answering questions from anybody we don't have to be friends we don't have to be mentor mentee or whatever to have answers if you send me a dm i will reply every single person sends me a dm that is not just hi hello whatever i will reply so if you send me a dm asking me oh this is what i'm ending this one doing this is that like i will reply i will tell you what i can for that situation there is no need for mentorship like i i think a lot of people just enjoy all these titles like oh yes my mentor oh yes my mentor i'm like no I'm happy to do it for you without the title. Like, I don't think the title is necessary. I don't think that definition is so important to what you need to be done. Okay. Okay, okay. Right. that's important. So, guys, you can reach out to Edna on Twitter, LinkedIn. Oh, just type hi and expect that to reply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just tell me exactly why you're in my DM, and I will. Edna is disgraceful and shatter. So, some of you that will come and say you are the best thing I've ever read. In fact, I wish my daughter can be like you. In fact, and just. Don't 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 it or overwash me. Like I I I find those things very funny to read. Don't tell me why you came to my DMs. Like there is no overgarnishing that you want to tell me that I don't already know. I've not already heard. So just get mm. to the point, and I'll happily reply. Okay. If you're overgarnish, I'll still reply. But like you don't have to. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's um, important. Okay, I have a question, and this is about forex trading. Um, many, like so many times. In fact, the other day I was Insta- I was on Instagram, and someone had to be like, "Forex guys, please, I don't want to join forex. Stop disturbing me." Okay, I feel like uh, recently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I saw that. So I feel like recently, from nowhere, everybody in Nigeria just decided that forex every almost every young person in nigeria just decided that forex trading is the way to go and it's everywhere they are telling you come and invest in forex join us there are different groups and everything so 
Now, mm-hmm. with the way Forex is in Nigeria, would you advise a young person to invest in Forex as it is in Nigeria at this point in time? Well, I don't think the Forex thing actually just started in this pandemic. This thing has been, like, I know someone that did it in 2015 and then they lost their money. So this thing has its cycles. Like, there's a time where it will spring up and it's like, it's ubiquitous. And then there are times where it just goes down and all of that. So I think the fact that we're in a pandemic and a lot of people are looking for money, it has now risen again to its state of being everywhere. So yes, to yeah. your question, should people invest in Forex? Again, do you understand Forex? Do you know how Forex works that you're going to invest in? It? So there are, different, there are different forms of investing in Forex that I've seen. There's this one where they tell you, oh, come and invest in my company and then we'll give you 20% returns every month or we'll give you 15% returns every month if you give us your money. Yeah. All those ones, you, you need to look at those companies very well and determine if this place is safe. Because while there are some people that have made money from it, there are also people that have lost money from that. So you need to know the risk you're taking. The risk you're taking is very, very high. Irrespective of what the company is telling you that, oh, we are good traders, we are this, we are that. The risk you're taking is very high. That kind of return is super high. So for a year, if they're giving you 20% return every month, that means in a year you've gotten, what, 240%. You've doubled your money and you had extra. No, you've tripled your money, actually. You've tripled your money and then you have extra. So that risk is very high. And then you should know what you're getting into. If you want to take that risk, sure. But if not, and me, I'm on the if not side, please don't invest there. Then there's also this one they are telling you that, oh, they can teach you Forex. Pay 1,000 there and join my master yeah. class. Blah, blah, blah. It's not that easy, to be honest. It's not that simple. When people tell you, oh, you can make $100,000 in one year from Forex. On paper, yes, you can. The math checks out. Mathematically, it's possible. But realistically, how many people have achieved that? Very, very little. And again, I said this in my thread about Forex. The truth is, when you are trading Forex, you are trading against institutions. You are trading against banks. You are trading against people that are very skilled at this thing. You are trading against people that have a ton of money to trade with. And you with your $100 and your $10 and whatever, and your small $1,000 Forex class, Forex masterclass trading, you think you want to win. Yes, there are people that win and they make money out of it but they also lose a lot of money in the process. So do you have the extra money in your bank to bail you out when you lose money? Do you have that kind of money? If yes, okay, no problem. But if no, my brother, my sister, please, <laughs> please, pity your parents, pity everybody around you and look for something else to do. Edna, it got too bad. Yeah. Not, not really bad, but at the point this year, I had money that I wasn't using. And these people came and disturbing me. I'm like, okay, uh, I, I really don't want to use this money, but if I'm not using it for anything, yeah, it seems you guys say you do this. And the point when I lost over almost close to 200. Let me like, put it in forex. I was like, yo, I'm too jobless to be losing money. <laughs> at, at this point, I'm not investing anything to the end of the year, only my piggy vest and my quality wise. Let me, let me be looking at my money. I want to be spending my money. If I spend that money in my life, I know I'm oh, seeing the results. But no, no, no. So I think at a point, <laughs> we young people just like, 
one thing that everything taught me was do not invest something you cannot lose and be the eye at it. Like, when I lose it, yeah. I'm like, I really don't care. So at that point, always have yeah. a plan. Because um, I always use this argument for people. People like them puppies, them kids, why and who, they can afford to test some funny career path. Like, oh, I want to be, I want to be a travel program. I want to be a... Uh, just test the waters because you know that if you play, you have something to fall back on. Like, there's a family, yeah. whatever. But if you don't have anything to fall back on, at that point, you don't be taking risk that you're not sure of a, a like a end goal, like, um, positive. So for me, that has been like yeah. my yeah. so, no, no, but two things, two things on what you are saying, right? So on the first part about taking risk, I saw this tweet recently telling people it was Mo that tweeted this more trivial. She was like, young people that this is the time to take a lot of risk and whatever, and so on. So this tweet goes on, but that's essentially the message: young people, this is the time where you can take a lot of risk. And while I agree with it, I think people need to take calculated risks. Yeah. It's not every single risk that yeah. you see that, oh, this one can pay, that you put your leg inside. While you are young, there are still a lot of losses that you make that you it will take a lot of things for you to recover from. So at this age, if you go and gamble your school fees and you lose every penny of it, can your parents forgive you and pay your next school fees? Do they have the money to do that? Like... Where, where do you go from there? So it's not every single risk that you see that you take as a young person. Take calculated risks. Then second, on the fallback plan thing, right? So in, in more developed nations like the US, UK, and go, they have all these social security plans where yeah, yeah, so yeah. if you cannot take care of yourself, the government can take care of you so you can be living on benefits. Unfortunately, Nigeria does not have that thing. So if you enter into one chance, you are just on your own. There is no fallback plan for you. People that have rich parents, their rich parents are their benefit program that can take care of them if they enter into one chance. But you, if yeah. you don't have that sort of fallback plan, and you know your government has no such fallback plan for you, my friend, you need to be taking calculated risks. You need to look before you leap. Like, leap as a young person, be leaping so you can leap forward. But please, look, calculate it first. Do the calculus in your head. Try and be doing the one plus one, the two plus two, minus one, uh -huh, before you jump. So that's okay. it. That's it. That, that's very good. So, Pete, um, the last question before I ask my final question or round of finance series one. And also before um Pete asks that question, I think my biggest issue with taking a lot of risks, and that's why um I, I always ask this tricky question. And I will ask um, Edna this question directly. If I was to ask you, do you think betting is an investment? And how do you differentiate betting itself from forex trading? <laughs> that that's a very loaded question. Do I think betting is an investment? No. That that's it. What well, what's an investment? That that's where you start from. So an investment is something that you know you put your money into and then like something happens to your money and the money grows. Right? What is betting? Betting is you 
putting your money and guaranteeing that an outcome would occur. And if that outcome occurs, you get more money. But if it does not occur, you can lose all your money and all of that, right? Investment is not that way in the sense that you are investing in something, in an action, right? You invest, let me use examples. So if you are investing in a business, right? You are investing in that business with the intention that the, invest, the business would use your money to trade, to do something, and then money will come out of that. The, the business will grow, the business will make profit, and then they will give you money from it. That's investing in a very simplified way. But betting is you saying, okay, um, Manchester United is going to win this match. And if they win this match, I'm going to get double my money. If Manchester United wins the match, there is no value that is adding to your money. You are getting money from someone that lost. So there's no value that was created in that process, right, that cost you to get that money back. What yeah. you are getting is the fact that you predicted something that happened. So that's where your money comes from. Your money comes from the person that predicted the wrong thing. But in investing, your money comes from your money being able to bring more money in a business or in something. And then you get it out of that profit in form of return. So that's how betting is different from investing. Okay. Then to your second question, how is betting different from Forex? I think the Forex that people practice in Nigeria and the Forex that they are selling to people is a bit similar to betting, right? But Forex in a very pure sense and in the sense that institutions the and US practice is very, no, not just in the UK, but like what businesses practice, like all this bureau the change and all those big, big people. Like it's very different from what people, like it's broader than what they teach people in masterclass. So in Forex, you have things like arbitrage, you have things like that involves exchanges, direct exchange and all of that. So that betting aspect is just a small, a very tiny part of what Forex really is and what businesses do is like way bigger than that. So eh, there is some kind of betting in it. You can say there is, but that's not really all Forex is. It's broader than that. Okay. okay. So, so um, I'll just take my last question now. Okay. Uh, if I, that's fine by you. Can I take my last question? No, fine, fine, fine. Okay. Yeah, thank you. So uh, my last question is this. Uh, we hear a lot about investment. So you have to diversify your income, have multiple streams of income. So how many investments can someone effectively manage? So you don't want you don't want to be putting money everywhere at the same time. So is that like a, a definite number of investments someone should have? If not, is it, would you recommend that okay, when you have five um, investments, you should stop and actually pay attention to them so you can manage effectively, or do you just uh, invest as as you hear opportunities, you just throw money at it and um, hope for returns? Well, it, it depends on the person. There is no fixed amount of numbers, right? But in finance theory, there's this theory that I, I can't remember who postulated it. But it says the main reason why people invest in different places is to diversify. So, for example, if something bad happens to one place, you still have another place that is not affected, right? Yeah. So the principle simply says that if you invest in more than 20 assets, in more than 20 different things, 
your the diversification advantage is no longer there like there is no additional advantage in investing 21 or 22 so 20 is where you get the maximum advantage beyond 20 there is no additional advantage uh, well, that may or may not be true, but the thing is, it's down to you. Like, how many can you comfortably manage? So me, in this year, I did about six, seven different form of investment platforms, right? And I was able to effectively manage them using Excel documents. And the thing with investments is, as long as you are not actively as long as you are not actively managing each one, or if you are not the one that is like doing the business, you don't need to know what is happening with every single one. You just need to put your money and have an Excel where you used to track each one. So as long as you can track them, that's fine. But I don't think there's a fixed number that you need to do and beyond that you are not able to do as, as much as you can take really. That's just it for me. That's very important. Thank you. We have come to the end, but before that, um, Edna, what's next for you? Do you still want to, <laughs> you want to have an extra master's or do for your PhD? Or, and secondly, secondly, where do you see yourself? Like, in what field in fact? Do you want to be academic? Or, but you are actually really good at teaching. What I mean, teaching, like explaining me. Because growing up for me, my popsy made me read a lot of prophet books uh, and Trump books. Like, I read all these things and I was just reading it like I was reading uh, literature. I didn't understand anything, but I was feeling myself. Then, like last year, I took up, like, I took the book again and I read it, and it was quite different. So, for you, you are someone that breaks down finance really, really like, So, what next for you? That's like your finance field. Like, where do you see yourself? Well, I, I don't see myself necessarily being in academia. Am I going to get a second master's? No. <laughs> Am I going to get a PhD? Not at the moment. No. At this point, I think I want to go the career route and then get more like actual work experience than just staying in academics. Am I going to keep breaking down complex finance stuff on my newsletter, on Twitter, on wherever? Yes, that is going to be going on for as long as I can make the time to do it. And it's something I enjoy, right? So the, the truth is, the reason why I'm able to easily explain things the way I do is because in my head, I don't understand things as complex as they are. So the way I read and the way I understand it, I break everything down to the simplest way it can be. So I break it down to the way a primary school person can understand it. And if I can break anything down to that level, then I can build up to what a PhD person would write. So that's what I do. And that's what I, con I hope to continue helping people do on, on other platforms. So yeah, that is me. Okay. So guys, <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Jandu. What is Jandu? At J E underscore D N A. Okay, and if you are interested in getting um, posts in your email, you should drop our LinkedIn um, newsletter. You can follow on LinkedIn. Trust me, if you go to our thread, you get a lot of explanation things about it, about it, like more like platform. 
and you could always send that DM to hear from her. So, um, fit. Our fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, our uh, fun fact for today, our uh, fun fact for this uh, episode of the podcast is something about Barbie. So, um. Basically, everyone has heard of Barbie, even if you didn't watch all those Princess at the P and all of those things. So, while researching, I found out that Barbie actually has a real name, she has a birth date, and she has a place that she is from. So, Barbie's full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts. She's from Wheelers in Wisconsin, and her birth date is March 9th. 1959. So, if you're a Barbie fan or you enjoyed watching Barbie cartoons and all animation as a kid, just know a bit about your the history of your hero or your uh, of like a lot of girls had Barbie as their hero. <laughs> a lot of girls had Barbie as their hero. I want to be Barbie. I want to be Barbie. So, especially people that watch that, Naruto. That's about Barbie. Yeah. Beginning ah, you guys are trying. I'm not, I'm not a fan of all this cartoon or whatever. Bores me. I only tried watching about. You, you want to, you, you want to expand a part of your viewer base. You, do, you don't like Naruto, please, please. Naruto is good. It's good for everybody. Oh, we can't watch anything. Naruto is healthy. I think it's fair. It's healthy for us all. Okay, okay, guys. I'll try watching it again. So, guys, thanks for entertaining for coming on the podcast. Hopefully, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. We'll have you talk about some more complex finance talk. So, guys, this finance series one, and it was nice having you all listen to us. If you have listened up to this point, thank you. At least you're correct. And you can listen to our previous episodes, especially episode two, where we talk about yeah. career path. Pretty good. Then you're yeah, looking yeah. for odd band <laughs> and how to undo your rejection You can listen to episode three. Trust me, it gets better after each episode, and make sure you enjoy the ride with us. So yeah. from my end, I'm saying peace out, and it was nice having everybody around. So, fit. I love. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye guys. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs>